coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. So today I want to talk to you about 10 reasons why bosses don't or won't lead. I talk to a lot of people all over the country. I've been talking to them for years and years and years and years. And before I was in the, in the lean manufacturing consulting uh, role in my own business, and before I was a leadership speaker and author and all that stuff, I worked in manufacturing for 20 years. So I witnessed a lot of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of people I talk to. I mean, one of the, I was just thinking as I got ready to do this podcast and I was trying to decide what, what I want to talk about today. And then I, I, I just did some reflection. I said, what, what do I hear people talking about the most when I talk to people and, and, uh, on the, on the phone? Cause I talk to a lot of people on the phone and hopefully, uh, you're one of them. If not, Go to my bluecollarleadership.com website. You'll see my cell phone number. If you're going and growing, I'd love to talk to you. I enjoy talking to people, and that's why I talk to a lot of people, because that's something I want to do. You'd never be bothering me if I answer. I'm available. If I don't answer, I ain't available. It's about that simple. But if I'm available, I'm going to answer, because I love talking to people about leadership. But I was just I was just asking myself, what are, what are most people What's the common theme that I hear the most? And it doesn't matter if they're entry-level people or, or somewhere be- between the front and the top. It doesn't matter if they have people reporting to them or if they don't. I hear the same thing. And wh- what they're all saying, they're saying it in basically the same way. Sometimes they say it in a, a few different ways. But basically they're saying, well, why don't the bosses come out and get involved? Why don't the bosses come out here and actually find out what's happening instead of making all these crazy decisions without having a clue what's going on because they think they know what's going on. You you would not believe how many conversations I have with people about that. So I have to help them understand why the boss isn't doing that. Then I usually help them understand what they can learn from that. And then also help them understand what they need to do about that relative to themselves. So today's episode is really based on the first part, helping them, helping the, you know, I'm going to share with you what I, some of the things I tell folks about why, why their boss won't lead. Cause that's leadership, getting involved with the, with the people who are doing the work and actually finding out what they need and why they're having problems and what obstacles they're facing, all that sort of stuff. That's leadership. Leaders get involved. If you've got a boss that's not getting involved, you got a manager of people, not a leader of people. You may not know how to articulate it and how to talk about it, but but that's why I'm here to help you understand it. Because a leader of people, they got they get all up in the middle of everything. 
because they they doing the opposite of these things I'm about to tell you. And I may talk about the opposite a little bit as we go through, but we got to dive into it because I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you ten things, ten reasons why these bosses, these managers of people, terrible bosses. They may be great people. Uh, I should have said terrible bosses. I should have said terrible leaders. They may be great people, but they're terrible leaders. You you may work for a a boss that's a great person. But if, if they're not engaged in the process, they don't know really what's going on. Even if they're engaged, if they're still engaged and they still don't know what's going on, you got a bad leader. Again, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. Whenever I talk about weak leaders and managers of people and bosses in a way that I'm not describing them as a leader, I don't mean to beat them up. Some of them are terrible people. But I'm not saying they're terrible people because I don't know them. What I'm telling you are they're bad leaders. So these 10 reasons I'm about to share with you cause someone in a formal authority leadership position to be a bad leader, to be a boss of people, a manager of people instead of a leader of people. So let's talk about them. I'm going to tell you the, the, the number one reason that I think, you know, and all this is just my opinion based on 30 plus years of experience and 15 years of reading nonstop uh, leadership development books from, from other people who've got a lot of experience and have read a lot of books. The number one reason that I think, like let's say right now your boss doesn't really get involved. The number one reason if I was talking to you on the phone, I, I would tell you most likely it's because their boss doesn't expect them to. I've never seen a leader who who expected the people reporting to them. You know, I'm talking about an upper-level leader that's got other leaders below them in the org chart, you know, lower-level leaders who have people reporting them. I've never seen a leader at the top, a leader of people who didn't expect the formal authority leaders reporting to them to not get involved. Bosses of people? They they think their folks shouldn't get involved. See, they, they don't get involved with the people reporting to them, so they they think that's the way it goes all the way down. They don't expect it. See, if you got a leader, leader up above you, let's say two or three levels above you in, in the org chart, if you got a leader up top that's coming out, getting involved with the people because they know there's things that are wrong and they really want to know what's going on, as soon as those leaders start going down below, the chain of command, so to speak, bypassing the chain of command from the top down so that they can go out and find what's really going on and start getting some real answers so that they can actually fix some real problems. As soon as they start doing that, you'll see the other leaders in between you and the big boss, they'll start getting involved. That's because the leader up top expects them to be involved and, and they're modeling involvement by being involved themselves. So that's, that's what I think is the number one reason why a boss doesn't get involved in the process. The boss above doesn't expect it. And if they're the owner or the top leader and they're not getting involved, and again, if, if, you're, if you're in a big company, the top leader can't even get, get involved with everybody everywhere. But a, a leader who wants to get involved, to model being involved, they know where to get involved and they're going to get involved. They're going to spread it around probably because they want to model it for a whole lot of leaders, not just a few leaders. 
So that's what I think the number one reason is. I think the second reason, and after I get through a couple of them, they're not really in what I think is any any order. But I think these first couple are these first couple are the top two. It's usually one of these two, and that first one I think is is always number one. Because if if their boss expected them to get engaged and they didn't, and, and there's a leader above them. If the boss above is actually a leader, they're not going to have a, a person on their team for very long that, that won't get involved. They'll, they'll fix it or they'll fix it. You with me? So the second reason why bosses don't lead, they haven't been developed. They can't lead. They don't know how. Think about that. Would you would you be mad and angry at somebody who's blind because they can't see? No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, they're blind. They can't see. So, so don't be mad at the boss if they can't lead because they can't lead. Now, the leader above them, the boss is above them. They probably can't lead either. That's, that's usually the way it works. Whenever you're looking at an org chart, if you cut, if you get, if you get, you know, when you find a boss in there that can't lead, you pretty much can follow the org chart all the way up. And nobody at any level can actually lead. Not high impact leadership like I talk about. Because, see, you could have a leader at the top who can't really lead, but you could have people down within the org chart who actually can lead, but it ain't because the boss at the top can lead. It's because they know how to lead or they learned how to lead. You see what I'm saying? But if, if you if, if you start at the bottom of the org chart and you go across and all those, let's say, frontline leaders, the first level of leadership, if, if they really can't lead well, if they're managers of people, well, you can trace that all the way back to the top of the org chart. Let's say you had 10 frontline leaders. Two of them could lead well, the other eight, they can't lead at all. Then, then you can follow that all the way to the top of the org chart of the ones who can't lead, and you'll find no one can lead well in that chain. But if you find two of those front line out of two out of ten can actually lead, you can you can go to the next level up above them, and 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 they may be a leader above them that knows how to lead. If so, that's probably why those two on the front are leading. But sometimes you can go one level up from the front lines and, and there's nobody there who leads well. All of them are managers of people. So it gets real complicated, but I ain't, ain't going to get into all of that. All you need to know as far as this episode's concerned is the, the number two reason, which is tied to the number one reason I shared with you, is, is they haven't been developed to lead. I mean, a lot of people get promoted because they do a good job. as an individual and then there's a boss above them not a leader because a leader would take care of all this stuff with leadership development personal growth of the work of the frontline workforce they'd be developing people before they had to lead somebody so they'd be ready to lead somebody once they got an opportunity and they would also be promoting leaders not just producers because producers are not always the greatest leaders but a leader is always a good leader, whether they're producing 
or not. But if 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 they are a great leader as an individual, they're going to be producing. But they may not have the highest numbers. But if you could actually go study them, they're probably helping the team the most because they're helping other people perform, which could cause them to have a lower productivity because they're helping others have a higher productivity. But the person who's out there only worried about themselves, if they're productive, they could be very highly productive because they're not helping anyone else. So I get each one of these things gets kind of complex, and I ain't got time to dive into each one of them today. But that's the second reason. A third reason, and again, these are not in really any order after this, but a third reason is because the boss can't manage themselves well. I ain't talking about leading themselves well, character type stuff. I'm talking about they can't manage themselves themselves and the things they're responsible for. They, they can't manage well. Remember, remember, we manage things and processes. We should lead people. We should lead ourselves. But the reason I'm saying the third thing that's, that stops a boss from leading because they can't manage themselves well, which, which in turn causes them not to have time to lead, even if they want to lead, if they can't manage themselves and their responsibilities, manage themselves well within the organization and manage their responsibilities well, they're just stressed out and strung out. They don't have time to come get engaged to talk to the people because they're poor at time management. See, but see, when you talk about the individual person in time management, it's, it's not really time management. It's personal leadership. I can't lead myself well within time. They, they kind of blend together, these two things. But what I'm really talking about is they can't manage the stuff because every formal authority leader gets loaded down with some stuff because most of them aren't expected to lead. They're expanded, expected to manage something, most often including the people. So the something they have to manage, usually they get overloaded with that because someone's trying to fill their plate with stuff to manage. So unless they learn to manage well, which again becomes the foundation of that is learning to lead themselves well within time, because you can't manage time, it just is. You have to lead yourself well within time. But that's that's a reason, third reason that they, they don't lead well or they don't lead at all. They don't have time. They're too busy managing and they're not managing well. A fourth reason why bosses don't lead. They'll have to do more work. Maybe some of them manage well, and maybe they've got a little cushion in their schedule, but they don't want to do more work because it doesn't take them long to figure out if they come out and get engaged with the people doing the work, People, the people got some ideas. People got some ideas to improve things, to make their work better, to make their life better. And in order for the boss to help, they got to start doing something that they didn't have to do before. So whether they're a boss or a leader, they could understand that if they go get engaged, they're going to have more stuff put on their plate. They're going to actually be putting stuff on their plate themselves. But that's what leaders do. <clears throat> High-impact leaders. Low-impact leaders, they, they, they avoid more work also. So, that, so that's a fourth reason there. A fifth reason that a boss don't lead or won't lead. They don't feel obligated to help. 
they've never seen leadership in action. And 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 I worked seventeen. The first seventeen out of my twenty-year manufacturing career, the first seventeen years, I, I never witnessed leadership in action. It was my last three years that I actually had a high-impact leader, and I I saw what it looked like. He didn't teach me a lot, but he modeled a lot. So indirectly, he taught me a lot because I, I, high-impact leadership is more caught than taught. If a high-impact leader will teach it, people can catch it faster because they're looking for it. That was his only weakness. He didn't formally teach us leadership. He modeled it phenomenally well. So the fifth reason is a boss doesn't even feel obligated to go help the team. They think whatever the team's doing, that's the team's job. Be like a coach of a football team thinking they don't have to coach. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Be completely ridiculous for a coach to stand over on the sidelines and think, well, I told them what to do uh, back in the locker room. Now they just need to go do it. How stupid would that be? It'd be pretty stupid. But again, just because somebody's stupid doesn't mean they're a bad person. And just because somebody doesn't lead doesn't mean they're stupid. But the thought of a coach standing on the sideline, not coaching the team during the game, is stupid. That's all. That's the only word I can come up with. But there's a lot of bosses who do that. They have the meetings, and then they just expect the team to go out and do everything without any help, without any mentoring, without any coaching. I can't comprehend it, but me and millions of other people have witnessed it all over. There's a really good chance you've witnessed it. If you're listening to my podcast, odds are you're either not one of these bosses who won't lead or either you're trying to make sure that you're not going to be one when you get an opportunity to lead or you've had a, a little reality check and you decided you need to transform and change from a manager into a leader. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm here to help people transform from managers into leaders or I'm here to help people just who never led anyone formally to learn how to do it before they even have to. And those who are already doing it who want to get better at it. You don't have to be sick to get better, but you got to take action. So there's a lot of reasons people listen to me. And I talk to a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that I know that listen to this podcast. And, and a lot of those people, because maybe they know me well, they think I'm talking to them. And I'm only talking to them if it fits. If it don't fit, I ain't talking to them. But even if they think I'm talking to them and it does fit, I'm still talking to a whole lot of other people. Because a lot of people who know me don't know all the people that I know. So my podcast goes out to a very wide audience. I have a, a lot of listeners from all different industries, all different levels, all different levels of leadership on the org chart, frontline people, owners, CEOs, executives, middle managers, frontline managers, all kind of people. Let's talk about number six. Another reason, and, and a lot of bosses, they could, there's, some bosses could have all 10 of these reasons and more. I ain't saying these are the only 10. These are 
just 10. But a boss could have all of these reasons, or it could be just one of these reasons or some combination of these reasons. So the six, a sixth reason why a boss don't lead or won't lead, they feel insecure. It doesn't matter what level they are, how long they've been a boss, there's a lot of them that are insecure. I meet them all over the country. Hardly ever are they the ones calling me, but I hear about them, or I meet them when I go into a to a conference room with a bunch of leaders. Some leader has invited me in, and as soon as I walk in, I can feel who the leaders are and who the bosses are. I connect instantly with the leaders. The bosses, they they a little standoffish. They don't know about what's going on here. They don't know who I am or what I am, uh, but they don't like it. That's obvious. But that's the reason that bosses won't lead. They feel insecure. They're afraid others will find out they don't have all the answers. A leader of people will come out and tell you, I don't have all the answers. I Look at me. They'll say, look at me. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. They'll say it over and over. They'll say, but we can find the answers together. And when we do, we will have the answer. I don't care who gets credit. I just want us to have the answer. But a boss, they got to have the answer. They don't like being questioned. Uh, there's some of them that that'll, that'll character so poor, they'll just tell a lie. They'll, they'll act like they know when they don't have a clue. A seventh reason bosses don't lead or won't lead is because they, they must take more. To do that, they must take more responsibility. They don't want more responsibility. Even if they don't have to do more work. See, this is different than, than, the, than they, they'll have to do more work. I shared that, that reason earlier. That was number four. But this one is about they must take responsibility at a higher level. Because, see, when, they, when a leader gets highly engaged with their team, they, get far more, they become far more responsible because everybody around knows the leader's involved. So other people in the organization who might have pointed the finger at the frontline people, the folks doing the work, well, they, they can't not point it at the boss if the boss is engaged and out there with the people on a regular basis. So if a boss becomes in, engaged with the folks doing the work, they must take responsibility at a higher level. They have to. They can't get engaged and not do it. If they didn't do it, they wouldn't be engaged. If they are engaged, then they're doing it. So that's another reason bosses avoid getting all involved in the processes. Trying to, and I don't mean come out and be a micromanager and tell people what to do. I mean come out and lead people. When I'm talking about getting involved in the process, that's what I'm talking about. Getting involved with the people who are involved with the process. Not go out and start micromanaging. That's a boss. Bosses do that all day long. That ain't what I'm talking about. Boss will come out there and tell somebody what to do and walk off and, and then blame the people when it doesn't work. And it was the boss's idea. So let's, that kind of takes me into the eighth reason that bosses don't lead or won't lead. Because if they start leading and they get involved and they get engaged, they, they can't blame the people. Because they are part of the people then. They're not separate. They're the same. They're a team. If I'm leading you, I'm part of the team. If we fail, we fail. If we make a mistake, we make a mistake. But if I'm a boss telling you what to do, 
you fail, you made a mistake, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get chewed out. But that's one reason bosses don't like to get involved. They don't. If they get involved with the folks on the front line, they ain't got nobody to blame. They got to turn around and take take the blame, which is what leaders do. Leaders get involved, and then they turn around and take the blame from their boss, if their boss is the kind who blames. But if you got a leadership chain of command, ain't nobody blaming. Everybody's trying to address the root cause of the problem, fix the problem so it doesn't happen again. If things going to be okay, life's going to continue on, but not bosses. So you don't know what level above the boss and leadership, how much, how many bosses are there, how many leaders are there above. Most often there's none. Everybody's a boss all the way up to the top. But again, it gets complicated. There's varying degrees. Some bosses are learning to lead. But when you go from a, a boss, manager of people, to a high-impact leader of people, you don't flip a light switch. You've got a lot of learning to grow, to go. So there's like you, you move into becoming a low-impact leader on your way to becoming a high-impact leader. But there's like a thousand steps you got to take. So when somebody decides to step on the first one, doesn't mean they're standing on the last one. They're still standing on the first one. So this stuff becomes, leadership's very complex and, and dynamic. So the ninth, the ninth reason that, that, that a boss won't or don't lead is peer pressure. Peer pressure from the other bosses. Like let's say I work on the front line and there's, let's say there's 10 departments. You know, I'm a frontline worker in one of those departments, but there's 10 departments. And so there's 10 supervisors sometimes. So let's say one of those supervisors was wanting to had maybe heard my podcast or read my book. And before all 10 of those bosses, all of them were bosses, managers of people. So one decides to, to, to start doing the things that I talk about, how to become a high impact leader. They're going to suffer from a lot of peer pressure. In the meetings, they're going to get ribbed. Especially if there's only bosses above. If those 10 frontline supervisors report to bosses, managers of people, even those bosses may put pressure on them. But I'm talking about pressure on them not to do it. But I'm talking about just peer pressures. The, the 10 supervisors, if one of them decides to step up and become a high-impact manager, they're they going to they be 9 to 1. They're going to have nine people against them. They're going to start talking bad about them because that's what managers of people do, bosses of people do, especially if they start getting results. If they start getting results, they're going to really put some peer pressure on them because the, the, the bad bosses are going to start saying the good leader is making them look bad. It, it's the craziest thing. I, I experienced that sometimes where it was really just – we didn't have a good boss, but it was just us three workers on three different shifts. And we had a bad boss, but I was actually a good worker. And the bad boss of a different shift would come talk to me and try to get me to not to work so hard because I was making his team look bad. Goofiest, craziest thing. I, I'm telling you, when I talk about I got experience, that's that, that's where, you know, I've been reading a lot of books, but, but, but I've been enrolled in uh, Experience University. For 30 plus years i got a lot of experience but because i've been reading and studying leadership for so long 
I can see it. I can articulate it. I can go back in time and wrap these principles around what I saw back then. And everything I've lived and learned becomes lessons. If you're growing and you've been studying and reading and learning, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Before, it was just you're, you're, you just had experience. It's something you went through. It was memories. But when you start learning about leadership, you can start going back in time and gathering lessons, seeing the good, seeing the bad, seeing what went right, what went wrong. And when you learn leadership principles, principles, you can articulate and teach and help other people see it faster or help other people transform themselves and see what's bad about doing something one way versus what's good about doing it a different way. Experience University. We've all been in it, but can we leverage it? The 10th and final thing for today's episode is they don't have support from above. And I kind of alluded to that a little bit as we were going through this podcast together, but they don't have support above. I've seen, I've seen bosses trying to lead and then their boss comes out and yanks them off of the front front lines. I've seen them get chewed out for being on the front line. Like, what are you, what are you doing out here? You got X, Y, Z to be doing. And it ain't got nothing to do with being out here. That's what I mean. When you got a boss on the front lines, if they're trying to do some leading, if they've got a boss, they're getting shut down constantly. They're, they're being given boss tasks to do, not leadership tasks. This stuff has to start at the top and roll down for you to have the best, the best chance at having leaders in formal authority leadership positions. Otherwise, Anybody in the organization who truly gets hold of this stuff I'm teaching, they're going to hang around a while and hope things change, but after a while they realize ain't nothing changing. They're going to change. They're going to change their work address. So I hope you hope you got some value out of these 10, 10 reasons why boss, bosses won't lead or don't lead. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.